Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash RoastMortemCast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 This is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortemcast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Or you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Christ! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Yerba Mate Cafe Chafe Hour. My name is Tom. My name is Yerba Boy Travis. Hello, I am your Cody for the evening. And I'm Mike. So we're taking the podcast in a new direction officially. So thanks yes. for tuning in to the first episode that is exclusively about breakfast. Yeah, that's that's true. We Most got a lot of breakfast meal. going on. <sighs> All right, how was everyone's breakfast weeks? No IHOP. So unfulfilling. Yeah, same here. I had a bacon egg no? and cheese this morning. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, actually today I had, for the first time ever, Jack in the Box. Oh, what a really? miserable establishment. <laughs> really? Dude, I got an egg roll before. with a fucking ch- cheeseburger? What is that? That's stupid. You ever try their tacos? No. I mean, I wanted a burger, and it tastes like a fucking high school bullshit. Jack in the Box is probably the worst fast food out there. It's like they went to the other fast food places and eh. picked up the leftovers and then put them in a sprinkler, like on the lawn, in a sprinkler, and let them dry out the <laughs> next day, and that's what they're serving to you. It's all wet and disgusting, texture out the window. For some reason, everything tastes like it's part of a mushroom. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. Disgusting. But Cody, you said the tacos are good? No, they're... They're pretty much recycled hamburgers, I feel. All right, well, that's garbage, too. It's genius. So, Jack in the Box is bad. Um, That's not (laughs) breakfast, but you could have it for breakfast. Well, breakfast is a bullshit meal anyway. Just eat when you're hungry. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. That's what I do. Pretty much the worst meal of the day. Um, Hashtag at me. Is that what they say? Children say that, yes. I don't know. Okay. You can go brunch yourself. I do like brunch. Brunch is dude. That's brunch breakfast at the wrong time. What is brunch? No. Isn't brunch just lunch? It's breakfast at lunchtime. It's an excuse to do day drinking, pretty much for me. Yeah, I had brunch today. Actually, it was good. It was at a French place. Is that just breakfast though? Nah, nah, because they they give you the lunch menu too. Oh, so you so know, nice to get both. Yeah, it's the best of both. Like going to a diner or some shit. It's the best uh-huh. of breakfast, lunch, and alcoholism, which we cherish. 
Well, you just grow up and be an adult and go to a fucking diner, right, Mike? Yeah, you just go to a diner. Yeah. I like Waffle Houses. <laughs> oh, Waffle Houses are great. So, uh, I don't mean to derail this breakfast conversation, but how's everyone's oh, no. dinner weeks? <clears throat> my my dinner <laughs> week? Yeah. Yeah. Just going to cough like that on the podcast? Sorry. Just going to cough? <laughs> All that burger, <laughs> just dude. You're just coughing up some Burger King. I love when that happens. This is a great dinner, dude. Yeah, the, this the is thing weird. is, is you're supposed to eat Burger King fast enough where it just goes straight into your lungs. That's how I've <laughs> yeah. always done it. Yeah, Mike was uh, getting on my case because like we decided to get Burger King because we were in a bit of rush to get here, and uh, so uh, I'm like, oh, get some chicken nuggets. And Mike's like, oh, oh chicken nuggets, that's disgusting. King. Yeah, lay it on us. Lay it, lay it on. Uh, it's like what ten nuggets for like a dollar. That's fucking, and they taste like shit. Okay, so what did Dude. you get? I got the chicken fries. <laughs> <laughs> the higher quality Dude, chicken. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? All right, first of all, <laughs> McDonald's nuggets can go suck my dick. Burger things are ones. way better, and chicken fries are just it's strips of garbage. <laughs> They're longer. Uh-huh. They got that on. Got a little spice to them too. Yeah, they have some flavor. There's no motion in that ocean. You understand? Just because it's bigger and longer, yeah, doesn't mean it's being used properly. That rigid. I'd rather stick with that my little chickenness. Yeah, my my nugget, my little baby. Not bad, but like, they're on the low tier of chicken nugget fast food. Fast food is on the low tier of existence, let alone food <laughs> comparisons. Yeah, Mike's like, <laughs> it's like it's uh, it's already sad I'm that going, we're talking about going fast to nuggets food. going to Wendy's. Mm. Getting nuggets right. going to okay. Wendy's. Don't say it's sad. Look at review of the day. He's a, a respected gentleman. That's and true. he talks about respected food. This this is uh, this is folding in nicely for a segue uh, into our subject. So, like, let me just ask you guys: now that we've mulled over like the grossest carnivorous meals, what is your favorite carnivorous meal or just unhealthy meal in general? Shepherd's pie from any particular establishment or just homemade? No, homemade. I love shepherd's pie, but I don't know why it's called the pie. It's a casserole. Okay. All right, fine. Is is that your answer too, <laughs> Travis? Shepherd's casserole? No, it's not my what, answer. What, yeah, what's your answer? Come on. My answer is like, uh, whoo, it's got to be bad for me. It's got to be terrible for you. I mean, I'm just thinking about really good things like um, mashed potatoes with a bunch of gravy and butter. I'm thinking about like mussels and wine, clam, butter. I'm talking about like butter on top of butter. Like I'm okay, thinking good, you, good you, things that are good for you your like health. like butter. Got it. I like good things that are good. Come on, Mike. What would, what would you eat? If, if you had like one sheet day out of a month, what would you uh, fucking pile on your plate? Probably because I'm just thinking about it. Bacon, egg, and cheese. Every time I eat one, it's like the best thing ever. I don't know. A good bacon, egg, and cheese. They, get, You know what? They're gone too quick every time. That's the thing. You always want more. And you feel like a fat fuck for getting a second one, but... I was hung over yesterday, oh, yeah. and I door dashed one to my bed. They're fucking amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's hedonistic. You I are love that. Th- All right. I know I haven't been gone that long, but the- you two are the most Long Island people I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> so you goddamn cheese. door dashed the bacon, egg, and cheese, and Mike's like, oh, yeah, Jack Offen one is great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is there anything wrong with that? No, I'm just no. Man, it's fine. Just making can, a statement. You can live that way. <laughs> All right, yeah. you're allowed to live that way. Whatever. All right, uh, bagel my, boss guys. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite is uh, bacon mushroom burger. Oh, that sounds good. I'll eat fucking four of those. Wow, all four. But quadra burger of bacon mushroom and cheese. Not so impressive. It's from my castle. I'm just saying. But let's let's imagine we're we're, we're not door dashing shit to our bedrooms. Imagine you're out in public and eating like your favorite delectable unhealthy meal. Okay. Don't you just 
fucking hate that one mouth farting half-wit dullard asshat that just taps you on your shoulder as you're before you even take your first bite and they just say that fucking phrase hey you know that's gonna kill you right and you just fuck you leave me the fuck alone get the fuck out of my face ray romano you piece of shit how many times do i fucking tell you (laughs) i was going for kermit because of the green but that's fine like we all know this asshat that happens to me with cigarettes all the time. Like, oh, well, yeah, you okay, cigarettes. Fucking... Any, any adult, uh, any indulgence, like booze, even. Like, I'm yeah, like, guess what? You. Well, your fu- your yoga's gonna fucking kill you in two years. You're gonna crack your fucking anus open. I want to smoke cigarette. I think the only time that actually happened to me where someone was like, "That's gonna kill you," was when I had a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were right, so I didn't do it. And you, and you used the gun on them. Yeah, I, I murdered them. And I only bought one bullet. <laughs> so that's two weeks in a row. That's two weeks in a row of me killing people. You'll have to find out if that's true or not. All right. Tonight's subject is the exact fucking guy who would do that to you. And I hate him. I already hate him because he's this type of person. But tonight, just so you know, we are roasting the rampant health nut, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg. You may know him as the guy uh, that invented cornflakes. Oh. Awful. Yes, we're doing that guy. Frosted flakes, too. Uh, the food company Kellogg's did uh, went on to do uh, Frosted Flakes, but Frosted Flakes, Mike, has fucking hedonistic sugar on it. Cody. So, Cody. Yeah, yeah, what's up? This is supposed to be an interesting show, and we're yes. talking about fucking cornflakes? Yes. We're not we're, even we're talking talk about, about like cookie crisp? Come on! What is uh, wrong with you? No, 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 no. You, you'll 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 appreciate me and suck my proverbial dick later. You're gonna, you're, Travis. You are gonna love this fucking episode. Okay. The subtitle of this episode is "Going Ape Shit to Be Healthy," and I, and I want all of you to keep that in mind as we dive into this debauchery. Ape shit is what they put in acai bowls back in the day. Acai, yes, that's the prototype acai bowl. Monk, Thank you, monkey ASC. What <laughs> what is he doing? Sorry, ran oh, okay. away. I spilled something. Travis spilled everything. Oh, uh, yeah. Welcome back, Travis. I spilled my acai bowl. Your beer is canceled. No! I spilled... My acai bowl's gone. Can I start now, Travis? Are you done spilling shit? Yeah! Okay. John Harvey Kellogg was born February 26th, 1852 in Tyrone, Michigan. And shortly after, the Kellogg family moved to Battle Creek, Michigan. The family followed Seventh-day Adventist cornerstone religious husband and wife duo, James and Ellen White. Mm. Ellen's purported claim to fame was that she was gifted and could directly communicate with the big man upstairs. Oh, prophet. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's already fucking crazy town. That's your mom? Wait, no, that's, that's the family. The Whites are a family the Kellogg's are following around because they're in their flock. Uh, are, but, also, aren't the whites the crazy people down in West Virginia? Did they move to Michigan? I don't know about the Virginia whites. I think Tell wh- me about the Virginia whites. Is, white is a pretty common last name. I don't no, think- but there's these fucking group of people in West Virginia, the wonderful whites, and they're all fucking... They're oh. like notorious trailer trash people. Okay. These are religious trash people, but we'll get a little bit more into the whites later. Those are not mutually exclusive. That's true. So here we have young John Harvey Kellogg... He's in Battle Creek, and Battle Creek will be our center stage for most of the fuckery of this episode. 
And I'm going to be referring to our subject as Kellogg for the entire episode because it rolls off the tongue way better than John Harvey. Mm. But I want you guys to also know there's another Kellogg player in this cereal mix. Uh, his name is William Keith, uh, this, uh, the junior brother of nine years. But we can't call them both Kellogg, so he'll just be WK. WK, why don't you call him Tony? Frosted Flakes, more than good. No. They are fan- <laughs> fucking fantastic. Yeah. He's fucking actually- Tony right now. He's Tony. No, Fuck. his name is... WK. We're going with WK. Call him Big Wait, Time. What was that? Sp- Cody, you cut out for a second. What was that? What'd you say? He's going to be called WK. I'm the one wait, that No, no, wait. Wait, wait, what'd you say? No, 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 no. Oh, his name is Tony. Okay. All right, cool. We're calling him Tony. Awesome. I hate you guys. <laughs> so, along with the Whites, the Kellogg family was hardcore Seventh-day Adventist. And if you're this type of religious folk, you believe Christ man Jesus is just always on his way back. He, he, he ran out you know, to the corner shop to get cigarettes, and he's, he's, you gotta have faith, he's coming right back. Mm. And this religion in particular didn't stress public schooling, so Kellogg was more or less haphazardly homeschooled. And also, our young Kellogg struggled with chronic tuberculosis until the age of nine. Does that show tuberculosis coming out of you? Yeah, yeah, that was that was me exercising the tuberculosis demon. Yes, Tom, until he was like nine, so he was like a few years of tuber- doesn't that shit just kill you in six months? I, <laughs> I guess not. Here, that's a metaphorical you, you like, like falling up the stairs for like a week. <laughs> yeah, he he staved it off until he was nine. Probably came and like then, waves, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> and you know having your consumption aka tuberculosis until you're nine delays your you know public formal schooling but after he shook it off he only made it one year into public schooling as he dropped out to sort brooms at his father's shop dude that is a career man that's what (laughs) i'm saying this is what america's missing broom sorters yeah quit your nine to five and just sort brooms for your dad well now Um, they got all those robots taking that job no no no, that that you fight for that one yeah broom sorters you're goddamn robots you're a broom sorter, and they're trying to automate it. Just, just pour fucking water all over those robots and make those brooms into mops. Dude, next day is, tomorrow's gonna be Terminator. That's it. Skynet brooms. You won't have brooms anymore. <laughs> <laughs> At the tender age of twelve, he was offered work by the aforementioned White family, James and Ellen. Ellen had one of her one-on-one conversations with that God guy, and learned that Kellogg was destined for greatness. And so Kellogg began work as an errand boy for her and was eventually groomed to be the leader of the religious community. And top broom sorter. Yes, top broom sorter. I'm the regional broom sorter. I have an assistant. Dude, did you just see what Kellogg, Kellogg's fucking swept up, man? That's fucking no, no. nuts! <laughs> he wasn't using the brooms. That was for the customers. He was just sorting them like, oh, this is the push broom. This is the, <laughs> this is the dustpan. Oh, excuse me, I'm looking for a broom. How big of a broom would you like, sir? And what color would you like it to be? And how many straws would you like to be attached? Do you want a cork top? Do you want something that you can give down to your family? You want something with a lifetime that we can uh, guarantee and make sure that your kids get it? Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just special carving. Just imagine if Hank Hill like did brooms instead of propane. Oh, man. By the way, Seventh-day Adventists are the type of folk that swear off of caffeine, smoking, booze, red meat, and non-baby-making fucking. That sounds boring. They have a general rule, nothing fun goes in your body. Jeez. And this ideology seeps into our young Kellogg's wacky skull throughout his entire life. It'll come back in various hilarious ways. What a fucking terrible existence. (laughs) 
I don't usually promote this, but uh, just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, really? You're not going to change yeah. your mind, so what's the point? Well, yeah. Life is full it's... of fun surprises, and you don't want any of that, do you now, sugar? <laughs> no. Make sure you jump off a bridge, and then make sure all the fun's gone immediately. And God yeah, will be don't... waiting at the bottom, ready to bring don't... you up to heaven. Don't, yeah, don't you want to get to God faster? There you go. <laughs> yeah, just trip. Make it look like an accident. God doesn't care. God, He's always kind of half looking. God, I accidentally tr- I tripped and the revolver just blew my brains out. And when St. Peter looks Christ. for your name on that list, guess what? It's all a ploy. He can't even read. <laughs> just slip him a fiver. No, and by the way, Kellogg wanted to... I, I, like, I like the uh, metaphor there. Kellogg, Kellogg wanted to stave off meeting God for an entire century. He wanted to make it to 100. Why? I don't know. Wouldn't he want to meet God faster? That's that's a great point. I didn't think about that before the podcast. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I, with those really religious people, a lot of them believe like Earth is just like the waiting period before you get to fucking eternal glory. Yeah. So why it's the fuck would you want to live long? I don't know. By age 14, he maintained a strict vegetarian diet and swore off most of his vices. Typical straight edge fucking teenager. Mm-hmm. By 1874, at the age of 22, he moved to the East Coast, sponsored by the Whites, to become a medical doctor. And this was very atypical for Kellogg, if you knew him during his youth, because he had a childhood phobia of doctors. He himself, his family, and his church all saw doctors as quacks. I I was going to say, what type of fucking quackery is this guy fucking? This is not the the practitioner to go to. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, your boy Kellogg freaked the fuck out when he witnessed a therapeutic phlebotomy performed in front of him. What's a phlebotomy? And for the audience, not me. Yeah, medical bloodletting, Thomas. Oh, okay. This so, your body for those of you blood. that... No, no, no. For those of you that don't know, this is when a doctor shows up, saws open your wrist, and just drains some of your blood. You know, for your health. You'll feel a lot better. Oh, you got a yeah. headache too? Why don't you just uh, bend over? And then uh, I'm going to smack the bottom of your feet with this paddle I bought. Until the cows come home. It'll get the good feelings you have in your feet back into your brain, and you'll be better in no time. If, yeah. if this was the early 2000s, that was like going to the doctor at Hot Topic. <laughs> there you go. Or Claire's, right? Yeah, Claire's. Yeah. Could be Claire's, man. They seem to mm. care more. True. Acne, asthma, diabetes, herpes, tetanus, tuberculosis were all thought to have been the result of just having too much fucking blood in you. I wish. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be nice if you can wipe all that up. Yeah. Uh, I think they, how, they got it wrong. It's too much cum in you. You just got to fuck more. Uh, you said, wait, oh. you said acne was one of those? Acne. Oh, man, that's yes. so funny. It's like imagine getting, <laughs> Just a teenager, like, I need the acne gods. Just imagine, like, getting stabbed Constantly. to death, like an acne-covered teenager getting stabbed to death, and while they're dying, you look great! <laughs> <laughs> Said the morticianer. Your skin is so clear. However, Kellogg would put his past squeamishness aside and go on to bag his medical doctorate in just two years while volunteering at the Bellevue Hospital in New York. Uh, didn't we have another doctor that was uh, Belleville, New York? Uh, a Collier? I, I think the Collier's father was from there. Uh, he, uh, he okay, worked the there. father yeah. of the Collier brothers. Yeah, he was the canoe guy. Oh, yeah, the canoe guy. Oh, yeah. The canoe eccentric. I hate fucking yes. eccentric people. Oh, we got a new one in Huntington. 
Uh, there's a guy who plays flute now, but he hangs upside down while he's doing That's it. That's pretty cool. Dude, I have seen that guy. He's wow. on the long. He used to go on the Long Island Railroad, and he was doing yoga on the on the double seats. Yeah, and the Jesus. police arrested him. I think I talked about him on the show. But it's the same guy. I remember oh, seeing it's the same him. guy. Yeah, yeah, me, me, and Gabby went to the beach, and then he shows up with his dog, and uh, he's doing like this whole uh, uh, the Pied Piper act. He's just playing at his dog, like blowing this this flute in its face, and he goes <laughs> in the water with this flute, and he comes out and he starts playing. He's doing handstands. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Like, find a room. <laughs> yeah, he played at the train station when I was waking up too, because I think he wasn't allowed on the train anymore after. He caused like a, a terrorist, like literally the fucking like like metro police showed up with like fucking assault rifles, and this guy's like, I like to play flute and do yoga on train. Holy fuck! Wow, what? Uh, everyone sounds uh, ridiculously stupid right now. That that's being yeah. described from from Kellogg to the guy who was worried about this supposed pipe bomb. Yeah, flute bomb. Kellogg instead of toppling the rampant medical quackery of the institutions at the time, he would unwittingly join the ranks of the fuckery with his very own special breed of pisshead logic. Now, initially, Kellogg hopped onto the water cure bandwagon, and history remembers the charlatan fad as hydrotherapy. Oh, he was one of those fuckers? (laughs) He started out as one of those fuckers, which kind of, like, opened the door for him to make his own, like, weird fucked up medical, like, frame of mind oh, but travis uh, spill some uh, hydrotherapy shit on us real quick i don't really know too much about it but i know that they were all about how like natural springs and shit could like cure you of your diseases yep. and there's some there i remember there was like some hotel that they built in like the early turn of the century that had the spring running through it like in each of the That's rooms cool. had the spring and it was like kind of cool but it was like it was basically like a hand in stone or like an oh, acupuncture gross. place, you know what I mean? Like people would go there, like I have cancer of the brain. I will drink this water, and oh, I will feel one hundred percent good. Sounds very Ponce de Leon. Oh, somehow, yeah. somehow stupider. I don't know how, but stupider. So yes, the average human adult needs eight glasses of water a day, but hydrotherapy would have people drinking. 50 glasses a day, along with constantly taking baths of varying temperature, salinity, and pH levels. That's a lot of peeing. Yeah, right? It's a lot of peeing, dude. There's no fucking time to live if every other half hour of the, your waking life you're chugging or pissing water. Mm. <laughs> you know, some even more quacked up uh, practices uh, practice fucking pouring water on open wounds. And when you do that, sometimes you just fucking get lockjaw. Really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, like that that I that happened to like somebody famous. I can't remember who it was, but like he was just like he received like a life-threatening like gash on his leg. He's like, "No, nah, just pour water on it." And then like sure enough, like after like 2 days, he got fucking tetanus and like died. Isn't that what you're supposed like I feel like that when you when you're you're, you're kid, supposed to wash like, it out. Pour water yeah. on it. You're supposed to wash yeah. it out, but if you like don't let the wound close by pouring in water <laughs> yeah, every minute of the day. It's continuously. If you keep oh, running okay. on it, it's not going to help you. It needs to like solid up. Yeah, mm. it's got to it's got to close. And other crazy shit was uh being in a bath with electrical current running through it. And hey, we know <laughs> we know that's good for you, it's a right? Tingly. Well, dude, that's 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 his beginning to breakfast. It's the old toaster in the in the bath routine, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was it like a really low voltage? 
if you're it's lucky. Be, it, <laughs> it would kill people though. Would it like kill people? I'm sure he's it all must better. Have killed a fucker or two. Yeah, he's going to say hi to God. My brain went straight to fear and loathing too, Tom. Oh, that's cool. So water cure. He he checks it out. He's like, eh, this is a little fucked up. A little too fucked up. I'm gonna make my own fucky shit up right now. And so he jumps off the water cure bandwagon and he just takes a de- departure from hydrotherapy. He returns to Battle Creek, where, you know, center stage of this fuckery is, and begins designing his own quacked up health regimens. He established an institution called the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Uh, he often shortened that to just the San for short. Dude, <laughs> so cool, bro. You want to go to the San tomorrow? That. Was that you how know, I'm sure people of the time were like just like that, Travis. Like, hey, let's go hang out the sand, get clean, get squeaky clean. Is that how sand dowels started? I don't know. About <laughs> that one. But he uh he established the sand by influencing his past mentor, Ellen White. Oh. Ellen White Ellen White, the religious matriarch, claimed that, you know, she could she had the capacity to talk directly to God. By, and she did this by entering a trance-like state, having the convo, and then exiting the state, and then sharing the word with her followers. Mm. Kellogg made a habit of sitting in on these trances and whispering to her while she was in the suggestive state. Oh. <laughs> well, that's like, better. Hey. Honestly, that's better than nobody. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's one person listening. Cool. Yeah, nice. Wait. So he would be... Uh. Yeah. I'm entering. A, oh. I'm entering a state. Would you like to say anything to God, Cody? Uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/RoastMortemCast. Uh, Gazingus, Jesus has just subscribed. We're the Whoa. first Patreon <laughs> with Jesus subscribed. Oh my God! Yeah, but Travis, no, how'd you, you do that? No, everyone who know. just heard that fantastic miracle, uh, Jesus doesn't have any money, so you have to subscribe for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't accept. Loaves and fishes. At yeah, the I was just gonna say, I just got like a whole fucking pallet of fish in the mail. What the fuck? Unless you want to provide an entire operating <laughs> legal seafood in our name, that's fine. Oh, but that'd be cool. No yeah. other fishes. <laughs> we accept that. Yeah, fully but. staffed, by the way. I don't want to hire anyone. Kellogg would whisper to Ellen, like, hey, it's me, God. Give us the stuff to make the, the sanitarium. And fucking, sure enough, it would work. The sand would have its support. Swayed by this fucked up game of God telephone, nurses flocked to work for the sand, foregoing their salaries. They just wanted room and board to work at the sanitarium. Wealthier clients would frequent and substantially add to the sand's coffers, and after a quick renovation here, annexing a wing or two there, the sand began to resemble something more of a Euro detox resort and spa rather than a medical facility. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Get 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 that picture in your mind rolling. It's not a hospital. Fun in the sun, except fuck fun. We like God. <laughs> Bible camp. Who wants to go to Bible camp, <laughs> dude? It's like M- MTV did a version of uh, of uh, fucking Spring Break, but it was Bible camp. Yeah, oh, no. It was just a bunch of dicks dressed in togas out in a field getting sprinkled with holy water for eight hours a day, and then they would have to go pray and eat an apple. We got all the holiest boys in all the tightest white shorts. Here's some holy water. Is that what you think Jesus wore? Tight white shorts? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, they're all gay, right? God is gay as hell. God. 
And, and your boy Kellogg's timing could not have been better, as the American public were in the midst of something known as the clean living movement. And we're going we're gonna to do a quick background uh, crash course on this. Can you, uh, so, before you continue, Cody, what's the time period now? Because I'm lost. This clean living movement thing went from, it was on and off the 1800s and just went into a little bit of the 1900s. But like right now we are in like 1880s-ville. Okay. So post-Civil War. Yeah. Well, they just want to clean up all the mess. The American clean living movement. This came about when uh, the standard of living allowed your average American to eat and drink and otherwise indulge in what they pleased. It was, you know, you, you weren't eating fucking offal or casserole or ass pick uh, as much as you could eat, you know, a nice sirloin chased with brandy and yeah, light you, up a fat you, stogie after dinner. You were going to Friendly's once a week. <laughs> yeah, and steak and shake. <laughs> Avocado toast for the table, please. No, none of that shit. So people were, you know, people had the disposable disposable income to eat what they more pleased rather than what they had to. But your average citizen soon found out when you ate like a fucking lord on a daily basis, there is a price to pay. There was a prevalent, widespread epidemic, a medical condition called dyspepsia. The general public <laughs> reported gastrointestinal pains, incessant belching, and overall queasiness. I've been having too much fun. <laughs> Oh, no. Mom, we're bored. I got something for you to do. Eat these hot dogs right now. Eat them all. Eat them. At 18 Na- of them. It's Nathan's. <laughs> Eat, it's a Nathan's hot dog. Put mustard on it. Put ketchup on it. Put the cheese. Here's a half of the cheese, too, on the fries. For no reason. Dyspepsia, better known as fucking plain old indigestion. <laughs> so all these Americans are like, ooh, my tum-tums. So Pepto-Bismol. No, no Pepto-Bismol yet. We wouldn't have Larry the Cable Guy without this movement. <laughs> uh, what is he? He's Prilosec. Yeah, yeah. that purple fucking pill. Prilofat for <laughs> idiots. Every time I see those commercials, it, it's more like he's pretty much just saying to people, like, fuck your organs, we got pills. You no, know, it's just, is this, is this guy, does this guy not brush his teeth in the morning and just, like, eat a chicken wing? <laughs> <laughs> Every morning. Oh, yeah, my dentist told me to eat this drumstick every morning. <laughs> the same drumstick, just less meat every day on it. He's actually like an uptight person from fucking Connecticut, right? He's not even Southern. I have no idea. His name's probably not even Larry. Oh, y- you know what? Easy. And he doesn't even cut the sleeves off of his flannels by himself. He orders them like that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh. Another movement coincided with the widespread tummy aches. Uh, the advent of the horse and buggy. Apparently, your average American stress level was very, very, very fucking low before the popularization of the horse and buggy. With the horse and buggy in play, it burdened your run-of-the-mill worker with commuting. Working at multiple sites within a day became a possibility. And your average guy had to adhere to travel schedules and was even more stressed from the now ever-present danger of just being run the fuck over. Man, (laughs) I hate these new times. Horse times. (laughs) I like old times, walking times. I hate horse times. (laughs) (laughs) There's some glorious old-timey film of New York City living before the horse and buggy, and there would just be fuckers out taking a leisurely stroll. Like, no reason to look both ways when you cross the street because the street was for the pedestrian. And 
Like, there'd be guys just walking out, whistling, twirling a fucking cane, like, meandering down the street. Wait, and you could... <laughs> what? Is, what's up? What is this picture you're painting? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I found some archival footage of, whistling like, New York City and before. Whistling and twirling a cane? horse and carriage yeah, you know. late 1800s. <laughs> Embrace that cartoon image in your brain. Boy, dandy boy, I'm walking down the street in Manhattan. Yeah. Paper, paper, get your paper, nothing's happened at all. <laughs> it was carefree. Shit was awesome. You couldn't, like, you could just have your way. Yeah, except you got I, fucking tuberculosis. Yeah, except except the tuberculosis. Thank you, Travis. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that that was God's <laughs> vice. Just watching people die real slow. Dude, he jerked off to that shit hard. Thanks, God. So if you if you try any of this lackadaisical strolling in New York City today, you're fucking roadkill waiting to happen, and you're gonna learn all of the curse words in all of the languages until you're flattened by a peak rate Uber. Oh. Yeah. So we have lavish diets and high stress leading to all these fucking tummy aches. And out comes a slew of fucking idiotic snake oil remedies. <laughs> You'd see You'd see advertisements championing, championing the use of tapeworms. You'd see doctors prescribing cigarettes to alleviate upset stomachs. That's true. Soda true. companies. Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to talk about 50s doctors, Travis? Dude, all right. First of all, I want a tapeworm. It's like my little buddy. It just eats my food for me, and I lose weight. Second no, of all... But- so no, second of all... <laughs> Uh, cigarettes are good for you. Look at the big industrial ages of the, of the 50s and how we've all digressed from there. Cigarettes are industrious. Smoke it. Make America no, great wanna, again. I, I don't want to live until I'm 120. I want to die when I'm like 62. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, 1950s lifespan. Yeah. I want to be a Humphrey Bogart. He was a badass. And then he died in an iron lung. Yeah, exactly. I want to be like a badass. Yeah, like yeah. I want to be productive during the fifties and get old, and then in two thousand one, when nine eleven happened, I want to see it and I go kick their ass, boys, and then keel over right there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There's definitely people. (laughs) Wow. You know that that happened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say there's definitely people that died on 9-11 and then thought how retarded that <laughs> sentence was and stopped it. Yeah. Which uh, isn't over- part of the joke. That's not the joke. Don't take that out of context, people. No. That's Come why, on, that's sick why weirdos. I pulled the reins back before letting it fly. <laughs> okay. Uh, and during the peak of all these upset tum-tums, Dr. Kellogg had his shining modernity of the sand ready and waiting to accept money from farty, nauseated Americans. <laughs> so, what's life like at the sand? Once Kellogg had your money, he'd strip you down naked, measure every part of your body. Penis? And use some penis. He'd look at your penis. He'd look at your penis a lot, actually. All this right, one's cool. a dangerous dong. We must put him in the <laughs> danger zone. <laughs> this one's a light little lily. He can hang out with us and eat uh, our oatmeal. In the Garden of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so Kellogg would use something called a shadowgram, and it would just be you in a profile with light. Dude, he did a fucking silhouette. (laughs) Yep, and he would write, he would fucking chalk out your silhouette and save it later. And if you got a profile, you bet sure enough your penis is out, and like, you know, someone's chalking over your penis shadow for reference and record taking. I see, like, this is a full size scale. 
and and then he's just going yep. in there with chalk after he does the outline. He's writing all of his notes. Penis, pretty small. <laughs> Shameful penis. Absolutely, and he writes that for everyone just to feel good about himself. Even the women. Yeah, everyone just real. Yeah. Oh man, sir, what seems to be the problem? Your stomach hurts. Uh, okay. Uh, take off your pants. Well. Obvious, obviously, obviously, this is the problem. You have a pathetic penis. Um, my three-year-old son is packing more heat than you. You're pathetic. You're going to have to stay here for a long time. Forever. Yeah. We'll see if we can do something about that stomach. The penis is hopeless, but, you know, we we'll, might be able to rewire some, some connections inside of your body. You know, 18th century science stuff. It's very complicated, very complicated Get stuff. Get some Rhino 69. Yeah. I'll pour some water on your balls. Maybe that'll help. Yeah, but here, I, have some Aquafina. Yeah, but <laughs> the, good, go. the good news is that at least we've diagnosed it. You have a pathetic penis. Next patient. <laughs> at the sand, they'd put you on regiments of sunshine and fresh air. There were specific rooms that connected windows to shoots and vented hoods just to bring in the fresh air as you slept. Men would be doing those good old, old-timey exercises with you know the 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 weighted pins they would be sporting only white loincloths and women in all white blouses just to allow the sunshine and breeze into every fucking crevice on your body dude that's a wet t-shirt wow. contest come on no no wet t-shirt contest just it's a water sunshine and breeze yeah and what some water right they're taking <laughs> it's like it, it's spa so they're taking showers and baths and massages like crazy yeah you can't yeah, get yeah, you can't get naked because nice like you know so for measuring your dick i mean i mean i got <laughs> they're not constantly measuring your dick because like if they made a line graph it would just be flat more or less not, once they measure they measure every 45 minutes you got to show up in the <laughs> office you gotta you can't work out that hard because if you sweat through this white clothing you have to pay extra they wanted you all to right sweat. reg let's take a look at that dung again <laughs> <laughs> they wanted you to sweat this was like old-timey good old calisthenics touch your toes raise your arms hop ho one and two and three and four shit mm. And the good Dr. Kellogg promised a triple-digit lifespan if you followed his instructions to the T. Like, you'll live to 100 if you listen to me. I'm sure there was something in his contracts about how you had to prove your age first. And if you died <laughs> oh, at 99, yeah, yeah. well, they were lying about their age. They were actually 117. <laughs> or they'd be like, oh, this guy was cheating. He didn't. That's why he didn't live to fucking 100. He didn't believe yeah. enough. Or his dick was too small. <laughs> that too. That'll, that'll cut your life short. Yeah. Among other things on your anatomy. Uh, Kellogg would also pull out all these whack job inventions that would somehow allegedly be good for you. Kellogg would prescribe time on the Oscillo manipulator, known today as that wacky belt massager you see in black and white footage. Oh, yeah. Oh, he invented that? He invented that. Wow, what a champion. That's like the yeah. tummy shaker, right? The, yep, the, the, gut, the gut rattler. Yeah, uh, Jack Lane used that until like the 60s. <laughs> uh-huh. And he also invented uh, those electric light baths. So it's just a cabinet with a bunch of bulbs in it. You close yourself in it, and you poke your neck out of the top and read magazines while you're uh, sitting, sitting sunning beds, more it's or less. It's a tanning bed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he invented a, uh, a predecessor of the tanning bed. Okay. Oh, wow. Very nice. And he invented something called the, I hate pronouncing this word, sinusoidal cage. And it was a makeshift apparatus you would stand in and receive soothing static shocks Ooh. all over your body. Mm. Oh, the prodder. 
<laughs> yeah, very, yeah, I like that term. They have those in the S&M dungeons now. Oh, I know. I want you to keep in mind how S&M, all of his health regimens sound. Just keep that brewing. This machine uh, shakes you until you come. And this one is a, a box that, that I put light on you until you come. And this one, oh, this one's nice. You ever put your face inside of a toaster? That's what it is. And then you come. <laughs> wink, wink. The moral of the story is God makes you come. Yeah. Full circle. No, he doesn't. The sinusoidal, sinusoidal cage. It, he claimed it could reverse obesity, lead poisoning, and tuberculosis. It would even clear up your Cadillac, uh, cataracts if you directly zapped your fucking eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, just, all right, here we go. Here's some, uh, some D batteries. Just put those right on your eyes. Oh, my God. Or the nine volts, so both of the contacts. Yeah, it's like are... nine volts. Yeah, that tingling <laughs> feeling on your tongue, but on your eyeballs. Means it's working. There's that poor fucking sap who's sitting in his chair with his fucking pants off going, God loves me. I love science. <laughs> this is all for the best. <laughs> I think it's working. <laughs> and then there was weight oh, therapy. Man. He'd lay you down on a cot and just fucking stack sandbag after sandbag <laughs> on your body. That kind of sounds like it sucks. Dude, I got a and weighted <laughs> blanket. That shit's awesome, dude. That's fine, but just imagine like, umpteen sandbags on your <laughs> chest and legs and truth be told i actually can't even fathom how this one is supposed to be good for you <laughs> it's very hard to complain Just, when you're being sandbagged all day yeah also Not enough wait wins. so when there's enough sandbags on on you does he teabag you because you can't move at that point you, you might know as well. You're you're at his you're at his mercy when you have twelve sandbags on you. Hello, my name is Doctor John Kellogg, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> so that was just a few of his crazy procedures. We'll talk about more later that involve your butt, but for now. Oh, I'm I'll so excited, dude! Yes. Well, we're a very diverse podcast. We will talk about the front of things and the back of things. Ass and cum jokes. Yep. Get ready. Huh. Uh, because of his religious upbringing, we know Kellogg isn't a fan of caffeine, booze, and stogies. And diet-wise, he discouraged all meat. He'd also force patients, if you want to call them patients, to swear off sugar and salt, too. Right. He even thought vinegar was a toxin to be avoided like the plague. He'd shout and holler eating flavorful foods was an act of self-poisoning, eventually resulting in a premature death. Put That's down that got. cucumber salad right now! <laughs> Is that why he got into, like, corn cereal? Yes, Mike, that's why he's known for one of the most bland breakfast cereals <laughs> ever. And as a result of this stance on food, the Sands dining menus would be fucking lame. Travis, how would you like some creamed cauliflower, stewed raisins, and pineapple pulp for dinner? Wait, but raisins have sugar in them. That, that's Yeah, I guess, <laughs> but that's it's organic sugar. Chick, yeah. Pineapple well, pulp? Like pineapple just, pulp, just yeah, seeds? you like that? Well, that's just, you, they take pineapples and mash them. Just punch uh, them until them, you eat them. And they leave the hard bits in. I actually have that a regimen. It's called a shrimp and fish only. <laughs> he would hate food. <laughs> nah, it's great. First, you take shrimp. Then you put a clam and shrimp and fish in it. And I was going to say, <laughs> do you eat it or just stare at it until you're happy? <laughs> that's the first procedure. Oh, Level okay. one, stare at clam. Level two, eat a shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Keeping Kellogg, understandably, got some complaints from his stewed raisins and pineapple pulp. So Kellogg established an on-site food laboratory, a test kitchen, if you will, for whamming up crummy food substitutes to spare his clients from, you know, the delicious and addicting foodstuffs. Right. It makes sense. Yeah, there was a veritable mountain of soy substitutes, something called granose, which was just granola mash, something called protose, which was wheat gluten and nuts punched up together. Cliff and bars. he even patented something called nut butter. Uh, sounds is it like peanut butter, but is it? Different? He invented peanut butter. Really? I thought that was George Wa- uh, George Carver Washington or what was his name? George Washington Carver. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the one. I don't know. That's the thing. He never, for some he, for some reason, he fucking never enforced the patent of it. George Washington Carver didn't. No, no, no. Kellogg invented nut butter, essentially peanut butter, and never went after anyone else. After you know, they invented their nutty spread as well. Mm. All right, so, so then just who, let that one sit. Who invented the the uh, nutter butt then? You know <laughs> what's the nutter butt? The, the, the nutter butter? Yeah. Who who got the nutter butt? Uh, Nabisco probably because <laughs> they that, they took the whole peanut they mush it yeah and then they the and then they peanut. and then they dress it up like a like a peanut again <laughs> sick fucks dude it's great man that's like uh, what is it like turducken that. you put the turkey so and the pig there's no pig in turducken what is it a turkey right turkey and a, and a what is it a Cornish game chicken head, and you yeah, stuff yeah. it in, and then you stuff it into a horse mold. Yeah, and you have Thanksgiving horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, all right. So first of all, Kellogg sounds like an idiot head. He is, but like peanut butter is good. Though. <laughs> I mean, so that's good. Yeah, I mean, there's a good thing yes, right there. That's right the, there. like the one food. It's like, yeah, I'll take the peanut butter, you quack. Yeah. But aside from the peanut butter, everything was still pretty gross and unsatisfying. But there was an oasis for cheaters. There was the Red Onion Diner, that. Um, omnivores that refused to be broken would congregate there. A handful of sandgores would sneak out and have their cheat days, forming a little bit of an informal society, informal secret society of, you know, burger eaters and beer drinkers. And Did they call themselves was, the Bloomin' Onions? <laughs> no, definitely not. They called themselves the intelligent people. Yes, omnivores, good folk. Yes. Did any of them ever really get like caught by Kellogg? Oh, yes, Mike. Upon finding out some of his clients were cheating at that poisonous, noxious, toxic-spreading establishment, uh, Kellogg switched things up and employed scare tactics. He ordered the Red Onion's gourmetest steak and shoved cross-sections of that steak under a microscope. And, you know, it's the fucking 1800s. There's germs on everything. And he would be like, look, there's germs on the shit you're eating. And he would scare his clients like that. There's germs on the fucking wheat schmegma that he's serving you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Small tirade. Germs are on fucking everything. The steak was prepped. Yeah. If the steak was prepped right and the eater of the steak wasn't a weak ass bitch, the microbes aren't a huge fucking deal. Yeah. If if anything, that makes you weaker because you're not eating germs. Yeah, uh, yogurt, probiotics. Yeah. Dude, I'm a scientist. I told you. <laughs> yes. So all of your lineage survived chewing on fucking animals. You're, you'll probably do fine with a pastrami sandwich or two. Mm, sounds good right now. You know that the first thing that cave... This is another history fact. First thing that cavemen found, Neanderthals, pastrami sandwich, loose in the wild. It oh, took yeah. seven you know? men, but back then pastrami sandwiches were huge. They were ginormous. Right. So they it took seven too. men to bring down this pastrami sandwich. 
And then, but they would eat like kings for a they month. They would eat like kings for a month. Their wives would get some of it. But, you know, the men, the men <laughs> needed to get this pastrami sandwich in them. The wife would get the cucumber, or the pickle, yeah. rather. Despite the dinner menu being tasteless, swill, business for the sand was still going great. So, while his business fronts down pat, we're going to take a quick look into his family life. In uh, early 1880s, uh, Kellogg marries country sweetheart by the name of Ella Eaton. What's she eating? Oh, you, 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 you beat me to my fucking joke, Travis. <laughs> but... Ella Eaton was eaten no dick as the two remained celibate through their entire fucking marriage. That's romance right there. Oh, yeah, Mike. Fuck you, Mike. tell you about it. <laughs> That's true love. Oh, my goodness. These, t- these two fucktards would do the classy thing and sleep in separate rooms and go on to foster and adopt all of their fucking children. They had, they had a, did they share a glory hole? <laughs> no. Mm. Over- not even a glory Override hole. guilt? Nope, nope, nope. No cheating for our good doctor. All right, I'm going to go back really? to Tom's thing about how, like, I don't know, a bullet's probably good. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, preferable to a life of celibacy? Yeah, yeah either <laughs> either um, notice you're fucking up or die. <laughs> you have two options right now. So. Yeah, because if you just sus- sustain this, you're eating up y- useful oxygen. Yeah. For others to do podcasts with. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And you want That's our you want to feel alive for the very first time and you want to be close to God. So there you go. It's okay to save yourself for marriage, but make sure to masturbate a lot. Yes. Oh, you didn't even like that, dude. Yeah. Uh the two would go on a honeymoon, however, Kellogg, being the sensual man he was, used the entire honeymoon to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> what was the book? The book. It was just a health-oriented rag of shit. How to make sure you stand up the same way every time. (laughs) (laughs) Why is it 47 chapters? This is some Dr. Oz bullshit right now. Oh, yeah, you can think of him like an old-timey Oz. Do you think Oz has ever had sex before? Oh, no, he has so much sex, but he's also like... You should eat uh, only the skin of a grapefruit every day for the rest of your life. But fuck it out. And then Oprah will show up and throw me money. I've never seen a single Dr. Oz episode. I know what the guy looks like, but I don't know. I want to make fun of him. I don't have any ammo. No, he's a fucking quack. That's what he is. All right. So Doc Kellogg, with his booming business, noticed he needed a little extra clerical assistance at the sand. Enter in Kellogg's little brother back into the mix. William Keith, WK. Uh, Tony. Tony. <laughs> Tony. Hey, All Tony. Right. All right, you fucking win. He's Tony now. <laughs> so oh. Tony's Tony's being the fucking accountant for the sand. And when Tony first started working at the sand, he was treated only a little bit better than your average whipping boy. Tony earned nine bucks a week for being on constant call to take dictation from his older brother i had an idea i just yep. drooled on my pillow a bit and i oh, yeah. and, and i had to change my pillowcase but instead of doing that i turned the pillowcase inside out and i need the world to know about that <laughs> write it down uh john it is uh it's me your brother tony this is how tony speaks uh john it is 3 30 in the morning sir can we do this tomorrow Absolutely oh, yeah. not. Do you want this nine USD? 
<laughs> fucking Kellogg was an asshole to Tony when he was on dictation duty because Kellogg would develop a mean-spirited habit of giving him dictation while the two were on bike rides together. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were they on tandem bikes? I don't know about <laughs> tandem bikes. I don't even know if I don't even know if Tony was allowed a bike and if he just had to hoof it behind his doctor. <laughs> or like a, a, some kind of bike with a clipboard on it. So, like you just asked. Yeah, like one of those uh, a drafting desk, like glued to the top of the handlebars oh, yeah. or something. <laughs> it's almost working. So that was fucking mean. But meaner still, Doctor Kellogg would not excuse Tony from dictation duty when Kellogg was taking a huge steamy shit. <laughs> Tony had to follow him in the bathroom in oh case he had a eureka moment on the fucking shitter. You see and this, Tony? This is the pit of Jesus's fruit. <laughs> Look at it. Forbidden. <laughs> the brownest knot of Christ. I feel like you do a lot of your best thinking on the toilet. So. Yes, I do too. It's a eureka palace oh, for me. Well, it's the time that you're closest to God. You're opening your soul up. When your third eye is open as possible. Yeah, third brown eye. Uh Uh-huh. And just just as background, uh, the health nut that Dr. Kellogg was, he just was constantly shitting. So this was something Tony had to do like three, four, five times a fucking day. Oh, man. Dude, once they were quick, because I know vegetarians poop really quick. Yeah, but it Uh, also fucking reeks, doesn't it? Uh, we'll get into how poop smell in a little bit. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is a good episode. Yeah. yeah you guys yeah, ever yeah. seen uh, Heavyweights? We, we st- I saw it a long time ago. This reminds me of Tony Perkins. The Fat, fat Camp? Oh, um, yeah. ben, ben Stiller's ben character? Stiller, yeah. He yeah. makes all the kids mm. go on diets and shit like that. He it's only was like doing it for the kids, so. Like, yeah. Why was he the oh. bad guy? Kids shouldn't be fat. He really was looking out for them, but he was embarrassing them, and like he was like uh, setting them up for that failure. Shaming. Well, they, you know, you need shame, and you need to. I, uh, I don't think he was a bad guy. I think the movie was just showed him in a different light. wrong audience. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> any fucking way, uh, with Tony managing business and taking dictation like a whipping boy, uh, the sand prospered and gained new heights of popularity and fame. Some of the more famous peeps to uh, grace the Sands guest book were John D. Rockefeller. I don't know why I said that so horribly. John D. Rockefeller, Amelia Earhart, and Henry Ford all uh, stopped by the Sand for one uh, reason or another. And just a little foreshadowing here. They're all dead now, so uh-huh. didn't really work that way. And also all of them are don't know if any of them. Yeah, uh, especially Amelia Earhart. Amelia. <laughs> that wasn't even her plane. She was borrowing it. You know, oh, Earhart was also kind of an ass. Was she? Yeah. We should roast her. Oh, maybe we'll do her. So with uh, this business growth going on, Kellogg decided to do a little PR work. He tried a new approach to pulling clientele. He began sporting an all-white outfit, coat pants, the entire kitten caboodle. And this combined with stereotypical old-timey facial hair, he looked exactly fucking like Colonel Sanders, except no bolo tie and no hard-on for fried foods. Mm. Well, I know who I like more. <laughs> I mean, we got out, we got out of Kellogg. We got uh, cornflakes, or we got a beautiful fried chicken. And I'm not talking <laughs> about I'm not talking about today's KFC. I'm sure back then KFC was a a, a fine uh-huh. establishment. The well, guy was a colonel for fuck's sake. Yeah, and he didn't graduate from high school. Yeah, 
<laughs> so Kellogg believed wearing all this white allowed his stupid body to further absorb the life-giving rays of the sun. This is horseshit cockamamie, as we know the exact opposite is fucking true. White reflects the light. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why Andrew W.K. wears it. Oh. He's already bright enough. Tony? Well, yeah, because he parties at night, and he uses the little light that he has to illuminate the room a little further. <laughs> oh, God bless him. Kellogg would use uh, this all-white getup to ensnare curious passers-by. When someone asked him about his attire, he'd go on this fucking rant about healthy living and the life-saving services available down at his establishment. He would not hesitate to tell a fucker how they shouldn't eat steak or pork chops, and he became a local pest. Someone you'd fucking cross the street to avoid. I hate this dude. Without solicitation, he would tell you meat is evil, you should give up the cigarettes, you should retire your hip flask, and you should stop doing everything that bequeaths you the slightest glimmer of happiness and spend money down at the sand. What the hell am I supposed to do with my hands if I can't smoke and drink and eat meat? <laughs> yeah, you can't even touch your meat. Yeah. Nope. Don't eat the meat. Don't beat the meat. Do nothing. You might as well just chop your hands off at that point and knock all your teeth out because all you're going to eat is oatmeal or like soy <laughs> chips or whatever the fuck he's eating. <laughs> no teeth required. Not butter. Dude, this uh, guy is the worst. He kind of reminds me of L. Ron Hubbard, actually. Yeah, a little bit? Yeah, he's like culty. Yeah, well. yeah, he definitely has like a fucking cult air about him. So, one day, Kellogg got a fucking wild hair up his ass and invented countless days at the local zoo. Just watching a gaggle of monkeys and assorted primates take huge, goofy shits. Why? <laughs> He noticed monkeys and the like pinched loaf just as many times as they had meals throughout the day. He also moronically noted our primate cousins didn't suffer from any such digestive problems. No monkey dyspepsia, no monkey heartburn, no monkey constipation. Okay. Mm. And Kellogg haphazardly concluded that dyspepsia and digestion was a uniquely human disorder. He's like, nothing else gets this. We're fucked. Oh yeah, yeah. But monkeys eat and meat. Some yeah, <laughs> some of the some of the bigger monkeys do eat meat. They don't eat as much meat as us. Though. Yeah, but they still eat meat though. Yeah, they yeah, eat a little yeah. bit. They're omnivorous. They're omnivores. Yes, like we are. Yeah, because we are fucking primates. Are we gonna? Do we have to talk about this more? No. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And to fuck, and to combat this disorder, he believed humans should literally go ape shit, aka shit like fucking gorillas. Monkey see, monkey doo doo. He thought humans should in fact shit often, shit huge, and shit without odor. <laughs> without you guys odor. Guys are taking like a big shit and you're just like kind of like proud of it. You're like damn. Man. Yeah, dude. Damn, According to Kellogg, the, the like the fucking ideal type of turd was, like, one you could, like, throw across a room and kill a pug with. <laughs> like, just... That's not true at all. Wait, you need sloppies? You no, no. Huge, clean, one-piece turds that didn't smell. No, I'm just saying, Tom, you said that's oh, not man. true at all. What, we should have sloppy boys? No, but, the, like, the type that Cody is describing right now is only obtained when you eat a shit ton of meat. Or, mm. or, you, or you get hammered on Guinness. Yeah. That, so... Uh, what he's trying to do is, like, he's force-feeding 
rich people leaves, which is something I would like to do with my spare time. <laughs> but then he's also uh-huh. asking these overprivileged people to poop better. And it's yes. hard to do that. Yeah. I mean, you al- need the also, right ammo. You have to put the right thread if you're looking yeah. for the right thread count. Yeah. I mean, I saw a baboon pull a poop out of his butthole and then eat it. And it was not clean. It was not like a rock. It was goopy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Travis, are you ready for this? In my slides, if you can see, like, that green line, it actually says, pause to let Travis overshare that monkey gift where it pulls a turd chain out of its ass and eats it. I called you. I called you. You that. knew I would talk about that. I knew. I screen. I time stamped and screen capped it yesterday. So if there's any doubters, I knew you would take us there. And I was. I was actually only like three sentences off too. Where you? Like, but Kellogg haphazardly took this information and whammied up a bunch of enema doohickeys and procedures to help humans boost their rookie turd making habits. There was the infamous 15-gallon enema pump. (laughs) 15 gallons? 15 gallons. Not all up inside you at the same time, but an apparatus that would run 15 gallons in and out of your butt. And that, let me tell you, was cold fucking water. I got wholesale in the 15-gallon bucket. I was going to go five, but for some reason there's more plastic in those because they make them in Indonesia. Just the way things were run. You know... They didn't replace that nozzle after every use. Well, it's clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess. And there was also the daily yogurt enema. <laughs> he would make you eat half a trough of yogurt and ramrod the second half up your bunghole, allegedly rendering, rendering you squeaky clean inside and out. Like toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Let's Open up. Oh my god. Is there any pictures or video of this surviving? Because I mean, that's just uh, the fifteen-gallon thing. Yes, but I I think he just used a regular enema apparatus for the yogurt. <laughs> Ugh. I got used one of those fireplace flues and just jumped on it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the good Dr. Kellogg wanted to put pearly white goo up your butt. He preached against what he referred to as the evils of onanism. Fancy, old-timey word for choking the chicken and spanking the monkey. And to apply a negative spin to masturbation, he would profess it as self-abuse or self-pollution. Wait, but he's stuck sticking things up the anus. So, like... Yes, but that was for your That was for your prostate. It was for your colon getting cleaner Mm. and having healthy... How big was the apparatus that was going in there? It could have gotten a little tickle in there, you know? It's a male pleasure <laughs> a little, center. A little lung tickling. Yeah. You, would, wow. you would go on to claim masturbation was the silent killer of the night and the leading cause of medical idiotism. Well, it's idiotism. definitely of the idiotism? night. <laughs> I don't know. Spank it every time, every other day. Yeah, you could do it during the day. Morning glory. Morning glory. Morning woods right there. Crank at it. He would prescribe adult circumcision without any anesthetic, stating the pain would be a potent psychological deterrent for masturbation, and the resulting soreness would further call the habit. Oh, my God. Well. Yeah. That's a very sick thing to do. That hurt my penis. Much sick. Hearing. Yeah, I cringed over here. Uh, My adult penis. He was such... 
Such a fierce naysayer of whacking off, he'd even prescribe implanting silver threads into the dong shaft as to cause pain during boner times. Oh my god. Wait, so what? So he's a soundy. He's a sounder boy. Not up the urethra, just in the, the spongy oh. tissue, so like it bent weird when you got an erection. Ah! boner And he'd be for the use of the chastity cage, and if that didn't work, he would just straight up zap your junk with a spicy electrical current. <laughs> this guy sucks. Ugh. Dude, this is Nikola Tesla of dongs. Yeah. <laughs> and and Kellogg would attack masturbation habits on both fronts. If the cock and ball torture wasn't enough, he would just gauze and tape up your hands so you fucking couldn't do anything for the rest of the day. Which is way more embarrassing. I think he's really into yeah. that stuff. I think he's got like a fetish for fucking yeah, male, male the BDSM pain. shit. Yeah. Wait, but what about the ladies? Oh, the chastity oh. belt, right? You don't know about the ladies, Travis? We'll jump into the ladies. Yeah, yeah, men can have a chastity belt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lame. That's actually a big thing in the BDSM community. They have these little fucking dong cages. Yeah, little... uh, They're they're like giant AirPods (laughs) that you put your dick into. Ow. Uh, For the ladies, for the Skittle diddlers, he prescribed frigid enemas. uh, In more serious cases, an application of carbolic acid directly to the clitoris... For for nerve damage, uh, for deliberate nerve damage. Oh, uh, he's making or, cereal this whole time in the factory too, or some shit, or in the fucking. Compound. He's not. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't give a man money if he was like, "I'm gonna chop your penis off." This is he, sick. that wouldn't fly. So he's just he's professing this while he's you know having health regimens going on. This is so sick. Awful. It's it's fucked up, man. And uh, even even little kids, even children, would not be uh, excused from uh, baiting. He would he would encourage worried parents to catch their children baiting as a proactive measure. All right, I'm just gonna leave this lingerie catalog out, <laughs> and I'll be out of the house. <laughs> He'd recommend surprise genital inspections around bedtime. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's he a little instru- bit wet. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. He would instruct parents to kick in the door, announce that they're <laughs> doing a nocturnal tick check. <laughs> And see if there's a rigidness or goopiness under the pajamas. Gotta check your dick for ticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Wait, is that pre, son? Is this pre? Have you been reading? What's going on? Have you on? been reading Genesis again? Is this pre? Have you touched the apple? <laughs> uh, you know what I told you about? Uh, you know what I told you about? High grass. You got to put a sock on that leg, all the way up. <laughs> oh, yep. Keep it going. More. More. Roll, Good. Rolling. Cover the balls. So he was all, all right. about he was all about chicks and dudes wearing not, wearing not those good. like field hockey skirts. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, you know the field hockey skirts where they're a skirt, but you know, you there's not really a skirt. It's like a skirt <laughs> with pockets in it. Yeah. Ah. Cargo skirts. Yeah. So so you can put your mouthpiece in there. <laughs> your lesbian mouthpiece in there. Mm. Kellogg was such an anti-baiter, he even preached against children having comfortable beds. Soft beds and pillows must carefully be avoided. The floor with a single folded blanket would be preferable. A hair mattress or a bed of corn husks covered with two or three blankets or a quilted cotton mattress makes a very, very healthy bed. Jesus Christ. I can imagine this guy's bedroom being like, 
He's he's the princess in the pea. He's got nine mattresses and he's jerking off all day, all night. Oh, yeah. Just I I'm taking it all from you now. It's a power move. It makes me hard. You roll around in the husk. I'll watch you and your children be uncomfortable for days upon days. I am the only boner. I hunter. will sin for you. Sin for you. I will do all the dirty work. Yeah, don't worry about it. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. And they don't know what I'm doing either. Ah! Um, so we want to start a merch so- store, um, and we also want to make cum socks. Yeah. Just big old dong tube socks. Yeah. Should we with do that? With our faces on it, Travis? No, not with our faces. Just Travis's face. Not my tra- face. Oh, like a raccoon. Sell- oh, like raccoon socks. It's just like, what, like one sock? No. Stop one it. One sock in a pack? Yeah, can we do one sock in a pack? <laughs> so it's only. just like yeah, cum yeah, sack. dude. No, no, no. Not a pair of socks. One sock. Get me out. One sock. Travis's face. With Velcro at the end. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this fucktard was even against the simple act of dreaming, as those could lead to sexy thoughts. No more dreams. <laughs> In perfectly natural sleep, there are no dreams. Consciousness is entirely suspended. This guy is backwards Willy Wonka. Oh, great. That's <laughs> yeah, good. I like right? that, Travis. <laughs> when patients universe. claimed they couldn't help but dream, Doc Kellogg didn't buy it, <laughs> stating that they weren't trying hard enough or they were too addicted or weak-willed to give up the habit. Just lie. Sex dreams. <laughs> Just lie having. about that. All these wet dreams I can't stop having. Like, hey, are you dreaming? <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> what? Just say no. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a... Are you dreaming? No. Nope. <laughs> Nothing happens. It's Just all a perfectly fine. conscious person being like, nope. Yeah, <laughs> right. And at this point, it's now becoming obvious, pain, painfully obvious, why the Sands dining menu was so bland. He just thought tasty food would just give you a boner. It would evoke primal responses and result in some evil, unholy, hedonistic... Well, to be fair, I have had some food that have has given me a rock-hard penis. An aphrodisiac food, right, Travis? No, just like a cheeseburger. Like, I don't know, is that an aphrodisiac? Well, if it gives know. you a boner, yeah, if it gives you a boner, well, it's Well, I mean, usually people say oysters, but I really boner. do think oysters <laughs> are just... It's the, the, the feeling of an oyster means that, like, oh, okay, I could do this to someone. Yeah, it's Yonic. <laughs> so everything at the sand was designed to be an... An aphrodisiac, an opposite of an aphrodisiac. Just so Close. people would knock off the humping and pumping all the time. Of course. And there were every and every so often there would be mandatory cold showers and baths. There were gender segregated rooms and exercise regiments and spa facilities. And husband and wives would just be split up during their say. Like, no, keep off your wife. It's for your own health. Have you two have, uh, have ever had coital relationships? What a weird relationship that would be. Yeah. Like fucking... How do you explain having a kid to this guy? You adopt. He, he, he's he's okay with that. Baby making fucking is, is the one exception you get. Mm. Unless it was accidental. Well, he would still be like, okay, you, you helped our species continue on, so maybe your you know offspring could do what I'm teaching and professing and live a hundred years. You did it right by accident. <laughs> Gold star. <laughs> There was no pleasure involved, Mr. Kellogg. My wife is awfully disgusted. <laughs> it was like fucking a board. It was like Plank from Ed, Ed and Eddie. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just that fucking smile <laughs> while you're pumping it. Oh, my. He's a zealot quack through and through. A wily-eyed charlatan of a fuckwad. He's like, sleep on corn husks. Like, let me check your penis and poon this. Poonises? Let me check the punani. Let me make sure the pineapple pulp goes in the punani. <laughs> I can hear you fucking dreaming over there. Knock it off. <laughs> and whilst professing his entirely hands-off approach on uh, genitalia, uh, as I said earlier, Kellogg and his waifu adopted all of their children. What I didn't mention before is they fucking adopted 40. 40? 40? 40, Holy four zero. Shit. Oh, or man. they legally adopted eight and fostered a total of forty. Holy shit! That's that's school. That, that's, that's they a made school. that's a school. Yeah. yeah. I I think he like made a, an entire just chamber choir of his own children. Yeah, he's got like a bunch of orphans. See. Bunch of orphans, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna talk about one of those orphans right now. From the depraved depths of Spurgatory came the one problem child. Of Kellogg's, an insolent kumquat that occasionally responded to the name George. Okay, Jorge. George was Jorge. Yes, <laughs> Jorge was a bastard baby of a hooker, always disobedient, always lying, and he even adopted some early childhood boozing as a habit. Dude, George sounds sick. What, three, four. I like George. <laughs> George. George seems fucking cool. Fuck your rules, cornflake. <laughs> I will fuck a sister. <laughs> it's not really my sister, but I have looked into the future and I have seen what porn is popular. <laughs> <laughs> Kellogg took the young fuck up in thinking that the clean living and honest life at the sand would 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 straighten him out. And if nothing could do it, nothing could do it. Like he's like, I'll 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 show the world. How I can straighten up even a, a, a bastard of a prostitute up that, you know, enjoys uh, uh, brandy in his sippy cup. Dude, this kid was jerking and off in his Jankos every day, I bet. I don't. <laughs> and sure enough, after rigorous conditioning and strict regimenting at the sand, George was still a heap of human Dude, shit it's because, abide by it's the because rules. Kellogg could not get rid of his wallet chain. Oh my god. It's too crusty. <laughs> Big time slipknot fan. <laughs> Old timey heretic tick. Five 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 six six six. My name is Corey Taylor and I rhyme like a toddler. <laughs> now, unwilling to let George the fuckwit blemish the sand's reputation, Daddy Kellogg just shrugged his shoulders and claimed maybe some Danguses shouldn't even be born. That's nice. And oh. Kellogg became an outspoken proponent. Of eugenics, all because of fucking George. <laughs> Damn, George. <laughs> George did work. Oh man, that's he was using everybody's pocket pussy when they weren't looking. <laughs> that was just a corn husk now, keep, back in the day. You lubed it. Oh, you lubed Jesus up with lard. Christ. <laughs> Nutter butter. Hey, you got to uh, you got to finish that cream. Good. <laughs> Now, just I want you to keep in mind, George is a white guy. He's a white boy. But Dr. Kellogg founded the cringily named Race Betterment Foundation, oh. where he believed the white gene pool should be kept white, and white folks shouldn't fraternize with immigrants or non-whiteies. Wait, was there a bunch of white people that showed up there in jo joggers' outfits, just learning how to, well, hey. learn how to race better, you know? 
Oh, a marathon Jesus turkey Christ. day runners. Dude, like, I can we imagine We heard this that. place will that... help us out. <laughs> Tom, that's not called joggers anymore. It's called athleisure. Oh, no. <laughs> that's a not real thing. Coast. Athleisure wear. Oh, just throwing this out there. You guys can kill me like anytime. <laughs> uh, let's get a few episodes in the can first. All right. So he was already in the business of telling people to avoid, avoid non-baby making fucking. Why not change it up just a little bit so it's avoid non-white baby fucking? Wasn't a far reach for Dr. Kellogg. And definitely not for sex. I'm sorry, Mr. Lexington yeah. Steele, you'll have to go somewhere else. <laughs> With that dangerous dong. Imagine if uh, uh, Kellogg... You're embarrassing all of my clients. Imagine if Kellogg was like Hershey and had a, had a park. That'd be fun, right? <laughs> I mean, think of sand as his Kellogg amusement park. park where he like puts stuff up your butt and asks you to get tired. <laughs> can't jerk off though. Yeah. Can't jerk no, off in any theme park at all. Mm. Donnie no, Park, Wildwater right. Kingdom. That's why it's really called Wildwater Wild 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 Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and 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 so Kellogg became fans. a big advocate of segregation keeping peeps separate to indoctrinate a taboo of race mixing. George, the hooker bastard, also put it in his daddy Kellogg's head that lawlessness and boozing might be a genetic thing, so Kellogg would change up his statement to advocate not fucking criminals or general gutter scabs of society. That's hot. Uh, we, like The one thing that guys have figured out about women is that women love well-behaved men. Yeah. More than anything. Oh, yeah. The idea the bad boy is just so last no, year, no, 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 it's gone. None now, of that. Now they want people who who take uh, who who can uh, show you their expense sheet for the year. They want uh-huh. uh, people who don't turn on red even when it's legal. Yeah, you know, real hot shit. Oh, Jesus Christ! A real bad boy plays tennis. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now. The, the the whole awkward thing about this is Kellogg didn't start off as a racist, and he actually even fostered and raised black children before George. Oh. So just imagine having a little dipshit brother who's such a loose piece of shit that your dad turns racist against you. Wait, so he had black kids, wow. and then George yeah, is like, I'm a kids. white kid, and I'm just such a yeah, fuck and up. George- and then, then like, Kellogg's just like, oh, fuck you, black kids. Like, you're my kids, but, yep. like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong? That George one did white. it wrong, so you're all fucked. Wait, isn't <laughs> George so white, fucked though? up. George is white, but he's... George he's, is white. He's got a criminal dad he, and a, yeah. a, a whore mom. And that just makes Kellogg racist? Dude, yep. I mean, well, George wore shirts that went down to his knees, so... Oh, the long tees? <laughs> oh, the giant South Pole t-shirts? Yeah. yeah, if you see a cop, Warner Brother. Yeah. Oh, classic! Remember those? Yes. Yeah. So there yeah. you have it. Doc Kellogg is a fucked up eugenicist asshole to boot. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you guys are wondering when's the cereal come into the play, right? Fucking. That's now. what I'm thinking. Me hungry. Me. Mmm. <laughs> Papa need food. All right. Cereal instead of eugenics now. So back in the day, <laughs> the standard the to real compete crime. was. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the standard to compete with back in the day was shredded wheat. That already existed. Shredded wheat was cheap, but unsavory, and even Kellogg and the San thought it was, like, eh, it's still not great. So seeing room for improvement, Kellogg transferred his brother, Tony, 
from dictation duty to food engineering. <laughs> and WK used rollers for food processors, food processors and tried to invent a nice, flaky cereal to compete with the shredded wheat. Look, brother. Me, your brother Tony, has made something called Doritos. <laughs> oh, Throw God, those out immediately. <laughs> what are you trying to be cool? American Nacho Spicy Boy? <laughs> Put it back and make something with nothing in it. <laughs> make something with nothing in it. Uh, but I, made, probably... I made this circle one that tastes like <laughs> onion. <laughs> no. We do not condone fun or fun youngs here. We never have. <laughs> Just points to a placard on the wall that has it emblazoned. <laughs> yeah, with the, the fucking trademark symbol next to the funyuns. Yeah, <laughs> How old are funyuns, goddammit? Why can't we do this? Second century BC. Oh, wow. Fact. So, WK, or excuse me, Tony... Tried making a flaky cereal for a, for a, for a fucking long time. He was at it, and when he had his fucking when he was up to his limit, had it, he fucking rage quit for a few days, and you know like three or four days. And when he returned to the lab kitchen, he found out the wheat and the rollers had molded. And when he tried to clean it and crank the roller, a few crispy flakes scattered out. He's like, "Oh shit, I accidentally did it." Nice thing was those were wheat flakes, and. We, we all know they didn't invent the wheat flake. They invented the corn flake. So after trying oats, rice, and corn, corn was the winning combination, that combination that finally worked. So there you have it. Half an accidental invention, corn flakes, was made, and it changed breakfast forever. Yeah, I mean, they should I'll have tried steak that. first. Mm. No, that would <laughs> be horrific. It's, it's fucking Kellogg. They yeah, steak with it. milk, steak flakes and milk. One of my favorites. <laughs> Everyone likes that. That's a good point, Travis. Thank you. For... Milk steak. Uh, Kellogg thought it was a perfect food. Crispy, had a little bit of flavor without being too tasty. It was vegetarian. There wasn't any sugar. There was no salt. And it was high in dietary fiber, or as what I like to call, a shadowless. It put a little pep in your morning step. It blew shredded wheat out of the water, or depending how you look at it, the milk. Ha. And... The, you're welcome. <laughs> the demand for it was humongous. It kickstarted an age of cereal-based prosperity. But alas, all good things must come to an end, usually by someone pulling an uncalled-for dick move. Doc Kellogg gives zero credit to Tony, his brother. Oh, what a dick. Oh, man. I can yeah. just hear it. Tony moves out of the complex. He's, like, sad, and there's people in the street going... Hey, uh, hey, Eddie, you try this shit? <laughs> it's called cornflakes. And, and he's like, what does it taste like? He's like, I don't know. Nothing, but it's excellent. <laughs> and then Tony, like, walks, he's like, goes home. He gets kicked out of his fucking apartment. Like, ah, oh, but he's on the streets for a while. Gets enough money to get rent. He has to take some roommates in. Opens the door to his new room. And there's a guy in there. He's like, cookie crisp. Uh, <laughs> that would freak me the fuck out. And he's like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck cornflakes. And then you see just like Tony the Tiger with a heroin needle in his arm. <laughs> Tied up, biting yeah. the leather. Cookie Crisp is oh, like man. the cookie monster. So it's like, oh yeah, give me, here you go. He's more, he's more heroin. Tony. Yeah, he gets, he gets cookie bugs after getting shot up with it. My goodness. Anyway. So... Zero credit to uh, Tony, the brother. 
even though his name's fucking WK. <laughs> Dr. Kellogg claims it all came to him in a dream. I thought I wasn't supposed uh, to have dreams. Thank you, Mike, the <laughs> oh. fucking hypocrite. Like, Kellogg, I dreamt it up, and everyone's like, wait, we're not supposed to have those. And he's, oh. Don't worry. Oh, I, I wasn't dreaming. I was, I was uh, masturbating. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh, I, was, oh, I, I was eating oh. a, 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 a taco sandwich from Taco oh, Bell. Fuck. Oh, no, 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 no. What's that? Is that a watermelon? Go, get it. Go hunt it. <laughs> Look behind you. George, it's all George's fault. <laughs> yeah, just blame George for that one, too. All right, so this, this lack of accreditation is the first asshat move that would drive the brothers apart in a long, bitter schism fraught with litigation and threats. Hmm. Dr. Kellogg wanted to keep the miraculous cornflakes as an exclusive commodity reserved specifically for the patients of the San, or subscribers of their health-oriented magazine. Oh, Amway style. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Uh, Tony, with his business bra- business background, recognized the unprecedented demand and staggering potential of the food. However, he wanted to sell cornflakes to the average Joe through grocery stores and make a few greenbacks for, you know, a food he invented himself. It was the glorious year of 1901. Mm. High-profile client of the San, a patient who goad... goad? went by the name of C.W. Post, would frequent and be caught eavesdropping or otherwise spying on the Sands Food Inventy Boys. The inventors at the time were attempting to make a breakthrough with a coffee substitute because caffeine is the fucking devil if you're an idiot named Kellogg. Yeah, man. And when the lab techs finally tattled on the peeping C.W. Post, Kellogg told him, just let him, let him go, let him have it. Like, if this guy comes out and invents a coffee substitute, the world would be better. So, kind of of magnanimous, not giving too much of a shit. It's honestly pretty, um, he's putting his money where his mouth is. Yes. If that's where his, if he's that retarded and his heart's really there, gotta (laughs) give it to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Guess what? Uh, he should probably invent kombucha, like the man that has the plastic face. No. Stop bringing that guy up. Well, well, maybe we'll have him on the show. the fifth podcast. I'd love to have that guy on the show because you know why? Because he's probably he dead so already. Much shit. He's probably oh. just a, a like a bunch of mushrooms moving a human corpse around. <laughs> so we could probably just roast that guy anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is he the guy that made himself look like a, like a, a human Ken doll? Yes. Is that the same guy? Yeah, yeah. We watched it together. Scary. Uh, Scary stuff. And CW Post took what he saw and ran with it. He actually did what Kellogg encouraged him to do. C.W. Post, a shrewd businessman, hastily established facilities that would churn out Postum, a roasted grain with molasses added as a coffee substitute. That's sugar. And that's sugar. So, you know, he kind of took a different road than what Kellogg would do, but he made Postum, a coffee substitute, very popular. And he also doubled down and began pumping something out called Grape Nuts. Very, very popular cereal back I, in the day. I've never actually had those, and they're, I don't know, like, maybe our listeners, who knows, like, maybe all of our listeners. Eat I've grape had nuts. grape nuts. Mate, I don't, I don't know. I don't like grape. I've had grape nuts. The they're, grape. they're not grape or nuts. No, honestly, no. grape nuts are fucking ten times better than cornflakes. They're, like, uh, chunkier. They uh, got, like, a good texture. And they're a little, they're that, a little that's bit true. sweet. That, that, was, that was on their boxes, good texture. Yeah, a little sweet, because, uh, you know, because he's not Kellogg. Mm. But 
CW's nuts made him millions very quickly, and Kellogg got butt hurt from CW's knock-off stolen cereal and coffee substitute ideas, even though he encouraged him while he was peeping. Oh. All right. And CW getting rich sparked the cereal boom. Droves and droves of entrepreneurs attempting to do the very same flooded Michigan trying to make it rich with cereal. And these were like gold rush levels of frenzy. Frenzy. Cereal mill workers would aggressively be headhunted. They would clock out of their shift and a ready and waiting solicitor would just be at the exit from a rival company and would offer double double the workers' current yeah. wages. Oh, just I, I just licked the boxes shut. You sure you want me? <laughs> yes. No, some guy would just be like, you know, the bell would ring and be like, yo, son, come here, come over here, man. I got like, a th- I got a thousand ploids. I got a thousand ploids. You mean box tops? <laughs> yeah, you want to nice. them thousand box tops? So competing cereal companies would shit out uh, poorly made cereals with hilarious names that flooded the market. Travis, you'll probably like some of these. Uh, Corno Plenty, <laughs> Cerro Fruto, Ego C, and my favorite, Voight Cream. Vo- <laughs> <laughs> Like like uh, John Voight, <laughs> like Angelina like, Jolie, like, um, <laughs> yeah, her hated father, her piece of shit father, uh, his cream, Void cream. cream, Void cream. I I come from a bag, Void <laughs> cream. If you eat this, you will make a big titted actress who will lose her tits. Thank God for plastic surgery. Keep them tits real enough for me. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, your boy Tony sees everyone making bank off of flake cereal, something that, you know, he himself was the first to invent. He's a tiger, dude. A he's tiger bu- can't go to court. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking tiger. <laughs> I, I hate how on point the name Tony is. You'll see in a minute, but just know Tony's a little butthurt. He could have had the genuine, bona fide, honest-to-goodness ground floor of the cereal flake market if it wasn't for his idiot brother Kellogg. And before Tony could go rogue, the sanitarium is mysteriously burned to the ground. Probably one of the doctor's wacky's inventions, shorting out and burning that entire fucker to the ground. Oh, the nipple vacuum! It's acting up again! Florence, (laughs) get the water! Get the water, Florence! The nipple vacuum! (laughs) So out of all hundreds and hundreds of uh, sand goers, there's only one fatality, which is a little bit of a miracle, except for that one guy. Hmm. while Dr. Kellogg is trying to be- rebuild the sanitarium and maintain his health preachy ways, Tony does the unthinkable. He starts manufacturing his own cornflakes and adds a dash of the blasphemous sugar to the mix. So he kind of invented frosted flakes. They are, uh-huh. they are more than good. They are a fiscally fantastic idea. Yeah. Not honest to goodness, Frosted Flakes, but I'm just amazed that you guys called him Tony so early on in the podcast. We've been doing this for a while. Well, yeah, and also, yeah. like, I remember you mentioned at some point he had piles of cocaine. He lived in Miami. So. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Tony. Mm, yeah. And I, uh, you just did it again. Dr. Kellogg would retire to fucking Florida <laughs> land. To be, and have piles just of to cocaine. to be extra crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about yeah. that one. Hey, but. say hello to my little friend. He just shoots cornflakes everywhere. So there's sugar added into the cornflakes, and Dr. Kellogg flips his huge, nearly odorless shit. And he thinks W.K., or excuse me, Tony, has lost sight of the vision. After all, the initial objective behind cornflakes was to create a health food, not something you'd enjoy eating. 
Though Tony packs his shit up and leaves, starts producing Kellogg cornflakes himself, and the good doctor cries, foul, imitation, counterfeiter, you know, fresh off of his CW post hate. Mm -hmm. And the doctor sues, or gets ready to sue, and Tony has to be like, hey dude, we are, we're brothers. My last name is Kellogg, I'm allowed to do this, and... In 1910, the two sued and countersued, and after some legally stressed uh, litigation wrestling, uh, M- Michigan Supreme Court decides Tony is the one who invented the cereal and gets to use the name Kellogg to sell cornflakes. Yeah! Justice for Tony. It was definitely not named Tony, too. Just remember that, everyone. Yeah, like, WK, but I, my arm was twisted early on in this podcast. No, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the assist, because it's been a while Thank since you. we heard WK. Tony, keen in business and marketing, that was his background, if you remember, ran wild with the cereal. He used eye-catching adverts and wacky marketing ploys. Uh, Tony set a world record for the largest electronic billboard, uh, a flashy Kellogg sign in the middle of Times Square. Oh. Uh, the most famous of his campaign was the Give Your Grocer a Wink campaign. So if you winked at your cash register on checkout, you'd get free cornflakes. <laughs> what? Yay. That, uh, what if you just like sneezed or something and then they gave you free cornflakes, but you're actually allergic to corn? Assault. Well, now, today that's sexual harassment if you wink at someone. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. He winked at me and asked me for an extra napkin <laughs> while I was working at Wild by Nature. <laughs> Business boomed, and W.K., or Tony, became a multi-millionaire. And with his brother entirely out of the picture, he fostered the food company we all know today, Kellogg's. So, Oh, wow. So he's the true Kellogg. He is the true Kellogg, mm. because he had to take a break from his wacky, crazy brother. And Kellogg's makes Pop-Tarts. They make Pringles. You know, gotta have your Pops. That, that good old And Pop-Tarts, I mean, modern Kellogg's is all about masturbation. I mean, if you don't eat Pop-Tarts and jerk off, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> what do you think the Pringles can is shaped like Yeah, that right? It's, it's a fleshlight tube. Ah, that makes like, sense. disposable. Oh, wow. Now, at this point, I think it's hilarious to assume, to spite his asexual brother, Tony made the Cornflakes he- corn mascot a big, healthy cock. Yeah! You know, <laughs> his name's actually Cornelius the Rooster, the, the big green rooster. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I mean it's better and, than like I th- I think the original one they were gonna pitch was uh, like one of those like a furry pig, you know, like a like a fucking sexy Jessica Rabbit with a pig face. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Spread open goes get your sweet on. <laughs> Jessica Rabbit wasn't a rabbit. No, but it's Jessica Jessica Miss Piggy. Yeah, like it was a mashup yeah. thing, but like that was the imagery they were going for. There's a remix. Lola. Big, Lola from Space Jam confused curve. the hell out of me. Because you know, you know that Tony's wife left him. And he's just like, well, not only am I rich now, Martha, but I am rolling in corn pussy. Understand? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Corn husker all the way, Fort one. Oh, yeah. I would have loved to uh, sit in, in a Kellogg's board meeting. Like, Mr. Tony, we're brainstorming a prize to put in the packaging in order to appeal to children. And Tony's just like... You put a big cock in that fucking box <laughs> just to fuck with my brother. It's me, the guy who doesn't like his brother anymore. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, and just so, like, oh, Tony, can you get rid of all those scarecrows in the room? No, they're my new board. <laughs> I replace all of you with corn men. <laughs> and so Dr. Kellogg lost his flakes. 
Court fees accrued. The clean living fad died down. The sanitarium patronage declined. When is this happening? Due to depression. The sand went bankrupt and went up for sale at in uh, 1933. Okay. So little Great Depression fucking shit up. Uh, however, Dr. Kellogg was still a core believer of his own teachings and did not change his views. He was ever the health nut. He just lost his funding, clout, and platform. Mm. This relegated him to village idiot status, which was fitting. As I said earlier, he retired to Florida. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Keeping true to sanitarium teachings, Kellogg continued to publicly exercise in a white loincloth, doing jumping jacks, letting his gelatinous elder man boobs flop and sail in the sunshine and breeze. <laughs> that is cool. a great yeah. picture you've painted. <laughs> there you go. Roast Morton painting pictures. Uh, Dr. Kellogg would be seen as an eccentric, going for nearly naked jobs, jo- jogs rather. I want to take that again. Going for nearly naked jogs, rowing a boat with just a loincloth on. And the thing is, like people from the shoreline really can't tell you're wearing a loincloth if you're in a rowboat. So they just thought he was naked out in the lake having a good old time by himself. What's that naked cunt doing out there? That Floridian sounds British. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. And he would, he would still fucking pester you. He would, he would go up to picnic goers and scream at them. Meeting is poisonous. Let me get my yogurt up in that ass. You got a shit like an orangutan. <laughs> Stop kissing your wife and try and catch your son jacking off. <laughs> a re- wow, what a nice summary a of real, what this man was a about. A real Captain Stabbing. <laughs> oh, oh, my. God. I forgot about him. Thank you, Travis, for keeping him alive. No problem. In my he lives in on, inside all of us. Mm. Someone's hard to I don't drive. deny it. A multimillionaire WK, or Tony as this podcast refers to him, was fearing a dip in sales because of his brother's scantily clad public displays, and he attempted to sue Dr. Kellogg to putting his clothes back. <laughs> <laughs> the Kellogg food legal team had to pull Tony aside and say, like, hey, dude, we can't pull that one off. He didn't sign anything that says he has to keep his pants on. No court can dress me! Tony eventually goes to confront Kellogg in person. However, be it senility, the fall from grace, or just his eccentricism gone rampant, Dr. Kellogg is a rambling, nonsensical wad of a human at this point. Tony cannot make heads or tails of the craziness that is being spewed from his own brother's mouth. Dr. Kellogg is now proper, irreversibly crazy. Not enough jacking off. Yeah. Maybe, Mike. He's going to bust you. some nuts. Yeah, a load a year would have bought him a lot more time. It's a lot of stress, you know, to get rid of. You got to get the Sometimes you got to just, like, grape that nut, you know what I mean? CW style. <laughs> it's all about the CW, one of my or, favorite or, channels. Or get the nut One of my butter. favorite yeah. channels. You can get the and nut then he's like, CW that nut. Jeez. What does the CW stand for there, Travis? Uh, cock worship that nut. You're, you're making me sad. No, right. don't worry about it. This isn't funny. <laughs> this isn't funny at all. Hey, Mike, ask me the question. How's this boy die? December 14th, 1943, at the ripe old age of 91. Damn. Oh, he was almost He didn't there. even make it himself. That's like Kellogg a million dog succumbs years. To, Kellogg succumbs to pneumonia. Good for him. Fuck that dude. Oh. Uh, sorry. He didn't didn't make it to over. 100, you idiot. Nope. Yeah, so what he are didn't you get do? run over. Just, he, he succumbed to a fucking health disorder, so couldn't do it. Wow. 
How skinny was this guy too? He had to be super oh, malnourished. He was kind of a chonker, actually. Really? When I was uh, when I was looking at a documentary. Wait, could he? Oh, he was doing that. You know, carbs is what it was. Well, wait, yeah. could he eat cheese? Was he like that type of vegetarian? Or did he not eat cheese? Uh, he was down for yogurt, so he was probably because you know, like cheese. there's a like He's Cody. I think you've said in the past, you can go vegetarian, and fucking be a fat ass. You can even be fatter than oh, yeah. like if you eat meat. Yeah. Uh, depends how you do it. Meat in it, right? Candy ain't got no meat. <laughs> but sweets, dude. You can't have candy. All right. So Kellogg's estate is being sifted up, broken up. Not a lot there because he's, you know, a cra- he was a crazy fucker in Florida, in a cool. sea of crazies. Uh, any of Wait, you want this loincloth? What What year was it when he died? <laughs> Forty three. Okay. So he's right in the middle of World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kicking off or something. And they're going through Kellogg's belongings. A letter to Tony is found, and it was an apology. Sorry for making you breathe in my shit fumes while you took in dictation. Sorry for all the other shit I did. The, the letter would have fucking reconciled the two brothers. However, when it was delivered to, the, uh, when it was delivered to Tony's estate, Tony had a, had a staff of bodyguards at the time, and, w- and those bodyguards withheld the letter. All the way up until Tony was on his own deathbed. And once the letter was finally placed in the food tycoon's hands, Tony berated his bodyguards. Why didn't someone tell me before this? And that's kind of shitty. And, right? Yeah, yeah right. it's rough. Well, there we lot, have it. a lot of people suck in this story, except for George. George is a champion yeah, among George, the people. George yeah. is probably the people's brow. Like the rock, you know when the rock raised George? that thing on his face, that was George. Yeah. That's a good point. What were we saying, Mike? There we Do we know what happens to George? Is George... <laughs> I don't know what happens to George. Gets into the Probably serial cirrhosis. game. Fucking Kellogg took him out into a cornfield and put a bullet in the back of his head. He's like, well, we can start gruesome. late with this one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so there we have it. Kellogg, charlatan doctor, religious uh, zealot, abstinent medical quack, eugenics advocate, and partial... Very partial inventor of the wholesome breakfast cereal. Mm. Wow. Let's go for and, something. Uh, yeah. I have, I have one slight note before we wrap up. Uh, I, this came across in my research. Uh, in 1994, there was a movie adaption of a book uh, entitled Road to Wellville, and it was about uh, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, our subject of the night. And I watched this movie, and it was pretty fucking entertaining. It, 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 it was a silly good romp. Uh, I don't know how it definitely wasn't accurate because it was a fucking movie at ad- ad- adaptation. Who played Kellogg? Excuse me, Anthony Hopkins. Really, really? Who played Tony? Yeah. Was it Christian Slater? Brother, I got this great idea for corn. Okay, brother, check it <laughs> yeah. out. And Greetings and salutations, Hop- you fat fuck. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins did a great job with the Doctor. It also stars uh, John Cusack and Matthew Broderick. Oh, cool. Oh, oh murder, uh, murderer, and the box. dead person. Uh, uh, fuck. (laughs) You you retorted me. Um, however, the movie tanked and grossed only about a fifth of its budget in the box office. Mm. And I thought, I was like, what's going on here? And I looked into it, and it turns out, uh, critics scrutinized the movie for having, uh, too many poop jokes in it. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) But as someone that did the research, I would like to say... No, those poop jokes were not a liberty Hollywood took. 
Kellogg legit wanted you to shit like an ape, pump yogurt up your ass, and squeeze out gigaturds that didn't stink. <laughs> so, his entire life was more or less of rampant poop jokes, and Hollywood did not. See, play Tom, that sometimes Hollywood gets it right. West Coast, East Side, West Coast, West Coast. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking West about? Side. They got it totally wrong. That, just. just <laughs> ha! Ha! Ha ha ha! Let the joke happen. Ha! Poop. Ha! Brollywood. I'm sure that movie had like, a, a, like a tenth of the budget as the Emoji movie, and that was 25. based on poop and internet. <laughs> oh man, I, I love how critics were just like, "This guy wasn't in that much. It wasn't into poop that much." And like, no, no, he was. He loved. He loved poop. Oh my god! Not, not scatologically, but it was just like. Daniel Day-Lewis plays one of the poops. <laughs> wow. Wow. There we go. Well, I, wow. that was Kellogg a great a little roast. I didn't even know about Tony the Tiger or Cookie, Chris. Dude, you told me oh, all about Cookie, That was Cookie all you. Chris. No, I said nothing about that. <laughs> what about the Honeycombs uh, guy? You never talked about him. What is that guy? <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. even know. <laughs> It, 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 it's like a, a guy in a furry suit that didn't get the part of Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, right. So, he, so he went on a meth bender instead. <laughs> oh, Him and the Phillies mascot just like had a fucking orgy. I don't know if I'm turned on or I have to leave right now. <laughs> you must maybe you both. Must leave. Yeah, I'm gonna be turned on uh, behind this door. All right. Well, <laughs> Cody, thank you so much for bringing this research on Kellogg, the the fantastic pooper, and. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, yes, yeah, thank thanks, you. Yeah, thanks, You know, the nice, calm wind Thank you, Shane. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash yep. Any other information, irrelevant. What you're going to want to <laughs> do is you're going to want to go to that website, and you're going to want to enter your credit card information, and you're going to want to give us, like, I don't know, whatever you can afford, three, $400 a month. <laughs> yeah. Like the so cost of a do... Netflix subscription, three, $400 you know, you know how much joy we bring you, and you know what mm-hmm. brings us joy—money. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, you can also follow Tom at Sounds St and Sounds Chomp Chomp CC, and you can follow uh, Mike Regan at Mike <laughs> Reeve. Re- 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 you can follow Cody with two yeah, Cody, or you can follow Travis Lee at at gmail.com and origins.com, the, the Ubisoft website. <laughs> Why do we put up with him? Why the fuck do we put up with him? I don't know. Just stick to the Patreon. All right. Catch you folks later. Lady. Thank you, Shane. Later. Love you. Thank you.